1: Well met fellow adventurers time to return to Proving Ground five. Since the Silver since the uh, long standing members of the Silver Quest silver are still somewhat incapacitated, it will fall to Sir Crokington to do all the monster fighting. But I'm sure they'll be back in business soon enough. Then we can all team up and have an epic adventure. Unless something happens. Anyway, this one's called The Lost Bracelet. Let us begin. The young woman who squeezes out of the front door or the headquarters of Silver Quest pauses to acknowledge acknowledge you with a friendly nod. As you prepare to enter the familiar establishment, then she then departs, quickly becoming lost from sight along the bustling street. Upon stepping inside the headquarters, you are greeted by Windle, who tells you the quest's latest paying customers just left, having hired them with gold in advance to retrieve a lost bracelet. A charming young girl, really, says Windle, and a good deal of distress over this missing bracelet must have a rather large value, for she's paid two hundred gold in advance to commission our efforts to retrieve it. I assume that value could be, you know, cash value or sedimental value. Honestly, probably both. Is this what I as the reader saying that's not not in the game. You know, somewhat curiously, that Prithun and Iskritar are nowhere to be we seen. Well continues Wendell, Somewhat pained tale that she told, but let me tell it to you before I hand you the reins of the operation. Windle tells you that the young woman, who did not give her name, was travelling from Port Halleck to, Tra- to Tallinnus, on a coach where she lost the bracelet. The coach was ambushed by trolls just north of scarp She's... He says. He said, but she said. <laughs> he says. Miraculously, the six people on board managed to escape from the beasts. But in the brief billet, she says one of the trolls raked her arm with its claws and tore free a bracelet that was very dear to her. She says the creature then made off with it. For what reason, she couldn't guess. Now, it just seems to be a lot of trouble to make over a bracelet. And we, but we certainly can't afford to start questioning the motives of our patrons. Windu explains that he believes the trolls responsible for the wade on the wagon are still in the area. In the area somewhere. And one of them likely still has the bracelet. Unless they found a goblin fence to pass pass it through, I'd imagine the beast who has, who's got his claws on it has kept it. Okay. Oh, wait. Mm. Uh, uh, Yes, a goblin fence. What is a goblin fence? A goblin fence is a term used to describe a variety of goblin, of any variety, who serves as a liaison of sorts between humans and goblins, or even less desirable creatures such as trolls and ogres while trading or dealing with goblins, or trolls or ogres for that matter, is outlawed throughout the entirety of the North Broadlands. The practice does go on, but secretly. Goblin fences are frequently used by both humans and goblins in the exchange of goods, often stolen, and services often licit, that would otherwise prove unobtainable by either group. Suddenly, Wendell pauses, and his eyes grow wide, as if he suddenly him, arrived, arrived at profound revelation. I haven't considered it before, Sir Quakington, he says, in an almost apologetic tone. You've probably never had much experience dealing with trolls, have you? You begin to tell Wendell about your time spent with Dewey Galwath, the Troll Hunter, but he rather curtly dismisses his own notion, and your story with a sudden wave of his hand. No matter then, he says. You'll learn soon enough, I'm sure. Well, the sooner you can start up that way, the better. Here, Let me show you on the map the area we're speaking of. After studying the map, Wendell relates to you the description of the bracelet as told to him by the young woman. He tells you it's a silver bracelet with three rubies set into it. I can't imagine there's more than one twalot that way toting around something like that. He laughs. A few hours later, you're on an old forest road that winds its way through the thick of the forest north of Twythick. As you pass out of the pass out of the area of wood known as North Scarp, you realize you're near the spot where the woman says her coach was attacked. What is North Scarp? North Scarp is an area of Crownland to the north of Twithick, composed of several areas of dense, game-rich forest, and a spine of rocky cracks that divide the vast parcel into almost equal quarters. This area has long been a favourite of poachers, since the rugged terrain and wide area make it a difficult spot to patrol effectively. Now and again, however, a detachment of border ranges has sent through the wide band of wilderness, it's not uncommon for them to return with a handful of poachers in tow. And I think I, I got one of them too. A bit earlier. Alright. Which nearest spot? Suddenly, you spot the lone man, quite a ways up ahead, on foot and moving south along the road. The man takes notice of you, he greets you with a friendly wave. It's so at precisely this moment you spot the trolls. Okay, I'm going to focus on them. Crouched in the undergrowth on the west side of the wood, are three forest trolls. The savage creatures appear to be lying in ambush, preparing to attack the lone man the moment he passes by. You instantly shout a warning to the man, but it is too late. The instant the words leave your lips, the three trolls break cover and bound onto the road. Prepared to strike the hapless prey a killing blow. You must act quickly if you are to have any chance of saving the man. All right, I've got quite a few options here: archery, fortification, telekinesis, illusion, gazing, or elementalism. You know what? I'm just going to choose which one I do at random. I'm gonna. I'm just going to exclude the bottom option. Because, well, those are usually less fun. Generate. Alright, I'm choosing option number two. Fortification. It succeeded. 32 experienced the fortification. The three trolls streak in alarm as they smash headlong into the invisible barrier, now protecting the terrified man. Confused, and fearing that the prey is perhaps wielding powerful magic... The trio of beasts quickly turn and bound off into the forest. The man stares at you wide-eyed in bewilderment as you approach. The man, a young, stocky man with a wild, unkempt beard, praises you to no end for intervening and saving him from the three trolls. He introduces himself as Perswin. Trolls here? I'd have never imagined such a thing. He says, still in shock over here and said, like incident. And then you, my friend, I'd say luck is standing with me today. Well, somewhat. Of course, if you're really lucky, you wouldn't have met the trolls at all. But I guess it's... Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I guess it's... Uh, is it luck? Hmm. I guess you've had uh, schizophrenic luck. Yeah. You were very unlucky, and then you were very lucky. So it averages out, so you continued as if there was no luck involved at all. You told the man that the trolls were partly a reason for making the journey up here. And when you mention a missing bracelet, his eyes light up. He reaches into the pocket of his vest. There, says Pertzwin, producing a shiny silver bracelet. He hands the piece to you. Your eyes promptly fall upon the three small rubies that adorn it. It is exactly as Windle described it. You thank him for the bracelet, and place it carefully, safely among your other belongings. You then ask him how he came to possess it. He tells you he found it off the side of the road several miles back. For well, was just a stroke of good fortune, he says. and Indeed, in more than one way it has been. And now it looks like good fortune has come to you too. A series of in mean, ...of enraged bellows... ...wore out of the forest west of the road... ...and send a chill the length of your spine. Perswin's face turns ashen... ...and he begins to tremble. Fifty yards to the north... ...a party of a dozen forest trolls... burst out of the wood... ...and begin loping along the edge of the road... ...in your direction. All right! I guess those trolls got their friends. Before you can say anything... Perswin turns and takes flight... Dashing wildly to sav- Yeah, yeah, you do that. That's what you should do. Now I can focus on fighting the trolls. Using every ounce of his available strength in a desperate attempt dis- effort to don't distance the savage creatures. The trolls are rapidly bearing down on you. So, I could take flight with Pertswin, but that just means they're more likely to go after him, so obviously I can't do that could stand by ground, or could use archery to take them down before they reach me. Yeah, I'm going to use archery. Succeeded. 16 XP to archery. You manage to launch two well-placed shots and slay a pair of the bounding trolls. The rest of the trolls merely leap over the remains of their slaying kin. I guess their blood's up and they're not really thinking about such things. As you know, staying alive. As they draw up to within melee range. The first four trolls leap at you. Their deadly claws poised to, te- poised to tear you open. Four forest trolls. Oh, no. I could have equipped the troll bomb. But I didn't. That I means I don't get the chance to bont them. Oh, sorry I let everyone down. You could have heard bonting. But you don't get the chance anymore. The forest trolls swipe at you with their deadly claws. An enraged war deafens you as the stone the stone trolls stone-like claws tear across your your back. Tearing into your flesh for 18 damage. Carving into your flesh for 18 damage. They swipe at you with their deadly claws, and now they are all slain. And none of them are bonded. Five of the remaining six trolls arrive and launch themselves at you in a frenzied attack. All right, five forest trolls? Well. All right, all right time to bont. It's time to bont with the engraved troll bont. Of course, my stats are way down because the troll bont means I can't use a shield. But who cares about that? I'm already well above the strength you need to be to fight these. And more importantly, I get to bont. I got bunt down. And I'll them again. I'm going to bunt these trolls down. I'll bunt them down. All right. Attack. I swing my troll bont. They swipe at you with their deadly claws. All right. We got a bont. Bunt. bunt. <laughs> I love the Bont. You execute a masterful downstroke with the Troll Bont. And the, stru- uh, the Troll bonds swipe at you with their deadly claws. Now it's 59 damage from the Bont. F- they're almost dead. Can we finish them with another Bont? Nope, nope. Just a regular swing. They are slain. 5 XP. The lone remaining troll standing a head taller than his slaying kin, strides up and snarls viciously as he hosts a heavy, spiked club high into the air, preparing to strike you down. Engage the massive troll. Or oh, I could run. No, obviously I've going to engage you. I get a bond The fearsome troll bellows with rage as it attempts to bring its heavy, spiked club down upon your head. It's bunting time! Strikes... The 12 swipes with its heavy spiked club at you. A masterful bolt for 19 plus MR. Of course, that doesn't mean anything because the way this game works is once you get, you can, because having your MR a lot, once your MR goes to the level that's 3 plus, it doesn't matter if it's 12 higher than than that level. Or twelve hundred! You're not gonna do any more damage. This is which is honestly a very good way. It means none of your fights become trivial. They become very easy, but they never become trivial. You can never just do ba do do close your eyes and just slam the and just slam a button and then oh or, or to put one of those duck things that they don't actually do that. I see one of them they, they, they peck a couple of times and then they stop. You can't you can't just You can't just taped tape down one the end one key and then win. Alright, an enraged war deafens you as the troll stole like claws, tear a wake across your torso. Carving into your flesh for 16 damage. BOOMT! <laughs> 36 7 damage. Yes, and, yes, and it is slain. 38 XP. you step stepped back from the bloodied carcass of the dead troll and spend the next several moments catching your breath. You're about to turn and head off along the road in an attempt to meet up with Putz. When something on the body of the slain troll catches your bright eye, dangling it from, from its waist, on a thin piece of frayed rope is a watting leather pouch. You snap the pouch off the rope and empty its contents into your hand, and a surprise to discover, empty your contents in, in front of you, and a surprise to discover it contained three adventurer tokens. Yeehee! You discard the wound pouch and hurry along the road to the south, hoping you can catch up with Pertzgrim. However, after heading south for nearly half an hour, you become convinced that Pertzgrim must no longer be travelling along the road. Well, he has the speed of mortal terror, which can make you very fast indeed. Wherever he ended up, you pray he finds his way back to safety. This late afternoon, when you arrive back in Twithik. Wendell is overjoyed to learn of the success of your mission, and commends you once again on surpassing even his highest expectations. You are a credit to the quest, he announces with no small degree of pride as he initiates his shoulder cross. I shall see to it that our mysterious lady receives her prize possession, I believe she is stopping back in tomorrow morning. Wendell gives you 200 gold. That was paid to him in advance. And again congratulates you on a job well done. 200 gold tokens received. Ah, it's going into the pile. You haven't by any chance seen Pritham or Iskatar about, have you? He inquires. haven't seen them since earlier this morning, strange. But not yet, were you of any extra concern. Come on, come now. It's a pot of fresh payload on. And that is the end of this scenario for 64 experience to general. Alright. Time to go back to the regular equipment. Now, the quick stack back dagger does not have the bonus from the... From, from the Seven Goblins series, so... I'm going to pause... Re equip my shield, pause while I try to resolve that. Alright, I've been looking and I have no idea where that bonus has went. So I'll just I'll just assume it's gone forever. Oh well. I'm sure the GM probably knows. Because the GM knows all. Oh well, anyway, back to Back to proving grounds five. Uh, no, That's right, no, right, no, right, no. uh, proving grounds six. Not doing that yet. I mean, I could do it. I could do it any time I want. Could easily handle it now, but still later, later proving grounds five. Okay. The destroyer crab begin the scenario. A grexawalk is not a creature to be taken lightly by any means, says Windle. Sitting across from you on the stage as it bounce it bounces along the rough, twisting road leading to the woodland village of Twin Twinbear. Destroyer crabs have certainly earned their names. This job worth to, ought to be worth every last piece of gold. Okay. Now there's a there's a there's a, a law look. Tome of Law Link. Gregsawog. ones also known as destroyer crabs, are large land-based crabs that's roughly the size. The a half-grown dragon. These powerful and aggressive creatures are extremely dangerous and have been known to destroy hence their names entire villages while searching for searching for food. Which unfortunately includes, includes humans. But not toads. So I'm fine. But who knows? Who knows? Just this morning, word arrived from a messenger from Tenbree, requesting the help of the Silver Quest in dealing with the wardering Grexawok that had been ro- roaming the woodlands around the village for the last several days. It only be a matter of time before the crab comes into the village, says Wendell. That beast would eat every last man, woman and child, and still suffer an ache in its belly. Thankfully, they are a rare phenomenon. Huh? A rare problem, for a problem they most certainly are. Upon your arrival in Tenby, you are met by a large, powerful-looking man named Moxie, who introduces himself as head of the militia. He takes your hand and nearly crushes... Right, wait. Right. I. Uh, takes my entire body and nearly crushes it in his grip as he makes your acquaintance. Mox here tells you the crab came close to the village just this morning, but for some reason turned away from the turned away at the last moment and retreated into the forest. A temporary reprieve, says Wendell, grimacing as he extracts his hand from Mox's forceful grip. The crab will return. They always do. Suddenly, Windle swoons, almost toppling over the face first. But Moxmore is quick to grab hold of his arm and pull him back into standing position. My apologies, says Windle, suddenly seeming seeming to be out of breath ever since that one with with, well, you know, Sir Croketon, running me had into Ithic, I haven't quite been myself, I think I'd better stay in and keep a watch on things here, lest the crab return while you're out on the hunt, you agree with the plan, and Moxor leads, leads you to the edge of the forest on the north side of the village. The place where the Grexwog was last seen this morning. Have no fear, says Windle. See who, who see? seems to have recovered from his dizzying spell. Ah, gal, sir, Crokington is up to the task. Have no doubt about that. Here tells you there are two places where you might want to head. To hunt for the crab. To the west? Not far from the village is a rugged area to the for the forest with many tall rock ledges. To the east, slightly further away is an old abandoned farm. They'll give you at least a couple of points to make up for, he says. Rocks here Window and Rocks here both wish you luck, and watch as you depart into the forest in search of the Grexawk. So I can head to the Abandoned Farm or west towards the Rock Ledges. Alright, random.org Tell me where to go. Alright, older 1, head towards the Abandoned Farm. You head off in the direction of the Abandoned Farm and reach the fence that marks its perimeter in less than half an hour. Having seen no sign of the Destroyer Crab, you're about to you're about to move off in the direction of the ledges. When a sound from behind start startles you, you turn turn to find yourselves confronted by four armed men. What? Who are these? The men, who you summarise to be outlaws, hiding out at the abandoned farm, demand that you hand over your gold. Your gold. Your gold and all your possessions. Suddenly. However, one of the four steps back, his eyes widening in apparent disbelief. The man has somehow recognised you. And it seems that your reputation is enough to make him rethink his tactics. He informs the other members of the crew of your identity, and their reactions are identical. The four. The four. The four men offer you a fearful apology and beg your forgiveness. Mm. Do I forgive or do I not? I could accept their apology, continue my hunt for the crab, we'll accept, or, or teach these brazen outlaws a lesson. You know what? Random.org can tell me what to do. Two. Alright, I'm going to teach these brazen outlaws a lesson. The four men seem prepared to defend themselves. Two, two of them attempt to encounter your attack. Attack with wooden clutches. The other two come at you with iron rods. It's four outlaws. Well, I just assumed they're outlaws, but... Well, well, <laughs> who knows, who knows. Begin combat. I could subdue them. In fact, that's my only option. Because apparently, I'm not 100% sure they're outlaws. So I'm not doing the whole kill them dead thing. Subdue your enemy. I stab them, but somehow in a non-lethal way. I guess it's just something you learn. The four men attack you wildly. And I attack them even more wildly and they are subdued seven xp soundly defeated and sufficiently humbled the four men stagger to their feet and hurry off into the forest when they are no when they are no longer in sight you once again resume your hunt for the crab you have traveled far and I travel far from the edge of the abandoned farm when suddenly, when you suddenly become aware of the sound of something large crashing through the, through the forest to the west. Suddenly, out of the tangled thicket, emerges the Grexamrock. The crab turns to face you, raising its powerful claws high into the air. ground shakes as the massive destroyer crab turns on you trampling o- over small trees in its path as its path path of powerful claws snaps into the air high above your head all right a few options archery gating illusion or elementalism or well, i could just hold my ground and engage the Gregzorg. Alright. Random.org. Tell me what to do. 1 to 4. Let's see what happens. 3. we use Illusion this
0: time Succeeded.
1: Thirty-two. Experienced to illusion. The timely illusion of two humans moving out the brush to the crab's left. Causes the, causes the creatures a turn in, Stop and turn in that direction. With its attention momentarily diverted. You rush up. And strike the beast a terrible blow. Wounded crab momentarily recoils seizing the opportunity to rush forward hoping to finish off the finish off the powerful menace you quick, quickly leap on the wounded kraxawog hoping to gain an advantage over the fearsome beast the massive crab snaps its claws wildly as it counters your, your attack to It is wounded, but not wounded enough. Begin combat. Alright, I can kill, or I can quit combat. There is no mercy for crabs. stab at your enemy. The destroyer crab snaps its powerful claws at you for 8 damage. Alright, keep going. Stabity stab, 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 Stabity stab, 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 stab. It's just 71 XP. The ground shakes as the crab's immense bulks crashes to the forest floor. The grex rog's spiny legs twitch for nearly a minute before the great beast emits a final gasp last expires you watch as you catch your last breath you stand by the sheer size and and might of the dead crap then armed with the knowledge that the village of Junbeer Ty- is nothing more to fear from this creature you turn you turn Make your way out of the forest. Window Windu and here are the first to greet you as you turn return in twilight to the village. Splendid, splendid cries Waxir as he repeatedly crushes you in in the firm grip, while simultaneously and forcefully slapping you on the back. I'll admit I'd never believed half the tales about the silver Quest, but I'll have stiff words for any man who tries to convince me otherwise now. Splendid! You and Windle bid farewell to Waxi, both careful to to avoid the crushing grip of his hand at all cost. You set out... You set out on a return trip to terrific Tales <laughs> says Window, his inquiry's tone Tone is, as 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 the stage the, uh, as the stage that bores you bores you to to, to doing beer versus coarse and whistles along the world never believes half the tales Maybe. if he believes that these have been embellished entirely made up stiff words I'll say I'd like to give that fellow her, fellow the back of my hand slightly taken aback at the same time amused by windows for look. Flamboyant went, Moxie, he said, shaking said, so what sort of name is Moxie? It's a good thing Pitham isn't with us, he'd likely, like, likely not have kept his wits in the presence of the elves, tales indeed, window sighs. And hands you the cloth bag containing the payment that Wotser gave him. That's one hundred gold tokens. In a day far in the future, when the Silver Quest knocks down the destroyer crab for the store, gra- crab for the village of Tearing Beer, he grumbles, before leaning back in his seat and shutting his eyes. Far, far in the future. And that is the end of this scenario for another sixty-four experience to general. And that is that. Alright then. On to the on to the fifth and final of this of this part. The Beast of Lockburn Bog. Begin the scenario. Lockburn Bog, sighs Windle. I'd hoped we'd have gone the west of our lives without mention of that infernal place. No such luck, though, for it seems their beast has returned. Prithen see, next to the fire. What well, was his eyes? Alright, he's back. Good, good. explains to you that the silver quest is twice, so twice over the years attempted to hunt down and slay the mystical beast of Lockburn, Lochburn Bog. And, through each outing his proven, proven foolishness, they were by no means devoid of danger. I'd sooner be a one-legged ped- peddler, stalling through Gradwong's end at midnight, the calf with a cart full of gold he frowns lock bog is nothing but a haven for snakes spiders and ledges i wouldn't be surprised if, if there was a swamp who lie about there for good measure you learn about the beast of lock-term log is rumored to be a large serpent of some sort that according to local legend Defends its home the bog by devouring any creature foolish enough to wander too near to it well let're convinced down and locked, locked turn the beast has been sighted several times in the last few weeks says Windor. it seems it's time for the quest to earn a few to earn another 200 goals. Gone squatting flies and flinging snakes much as you expected. You discovered that you will be making this trek to not turn alone. Have you? Have you even told Sir Croaking Dune about Iskridar? asked Pritham suddenly. Pritham looks at, looks at you and slowly shakes his head. Windle shakes, looks at you, and shakes his, and slowly shakes his head. Windle tells you that Iskadar was was attacked just, just after dawn in the northern end of the city by two masked men, wearing iron wads that discard. The discard discarded a powerful blast of lightning was nearly killed, says Pritham, cutting to the end, the end of Windows' narrative. Apparently he had wit enough to take flight, and so, so we are still four strong as we speak. It is not, it was no random attack, as you've no doubt concluded yourself. He was tired, for death. You learn that Iskredar is now at a safe, undisclosed location, and Windle tells you that he is glad. Glad you're leaving town for Lock lock-turn. Something stirs in this city. And he says, lowering his voice as, he, as if he fears being overheard, I will put my mind at ease to know. You're out of, them. you're out of the way of any of it for the next small while. You press Windle and Prithin for further details on the matter involving Iskudar and but they were reluctant to tell you more about it. All I can say, all I can say is it may be connected with the young lady, whose waifless bracelet you retrieve not long ago says Wendell. in all honesty it may have nothing to do with all that on the other hand it may have everything to do with it don't worry about it. don't worry over it don't worry over it just now says so Prithin put it out of your mind and get on with the business down at Lockton. believe me you forget all about it when you're swatting flies with both hands and standing within reach of that odorous bog. Preparations for the trip are made, and within an within hour. Hour, you want a coach-bound south out of Trithick for the small town of Locktown. Lott, yep, and yep, wiki's still going ahead. Good, good, good. When you arrive, when you arrive in the early afternoon you you quickly begin to understand why oh, this dank dismal place is so disliked by both window and Prithen. your sudden appearance in the in a small town does not go unnoticed within minutes of stepping off off the stage you're approached by the mayor of lockton a short, round, white haired man by the name of, of Un- Unlaw Pornley. Unlaw tells you that you've, you've arrived not a moment too soon. The business about the beast has everyone, and that is without exception, mind you. Thrown into a fit, says the mayor, wringing his hands as he dresses you. I can't tell you, how honoured we are to have the Silver quest, and in particular you, Sir Crokington, on the job. Who near tells you the beast has been quiet for years, and that for nearly a decade there have been no sightings of it. However, you learn that over the past several weeks, there have been dozens of sightings of the large, serpent-like creature, dripping out, dripping in and out out from the water with the bog. It's not the beast, cries O'Leary. It's certainly a beast. And I, can't, and I cannot allow either one of those circumstances to go unchecked. Use the boat, if you like, he says. I understand this sort of thing is more commonplace for you. But please, no, it's nothing short of pure terror for us simpler folks. My players go with you, sir Crokington. Be careful. You tell earlier that he has nothing to worry about, and that this he, that he seems confident enough in your assessment. He wishes you. He again wishes you luck, and then turns and heads back to town, with one while on the rowboat and the other, and the other gazing out on the dark, still water of the treacherous bog. You realise you must now decide how to how to proceed. So I could take a boat out to Lockturn Bog, or search the woods. Search the woods and the edge of the bog. All right, those are the two options. Random.org. dot hog. Let's see what. Tell me what I do. One or two. All right. Apparently, I'm going to take a boat out to term Bog for almost an hour for almost an hour you prowl prowl the still water of the bog startled now and again things move in the dark water brushed against the underside of your small but sturdy craft you've just completed your second trip around the perimeter of the bog when suddenly you notice a dark cave coming up on your left. A curtain of vines hangs out, hangs over much of the mouth of the small cove, making it practically indistinguishable from the surrounding vegetation. So we can search the dark cove, or keep searching the more open water. Alright, random.org, tell me what to do. Number one. I'm going to investigate the dark cove, brushing aside, brushing aside the tangle of vines. You move your small craft onto the cove. You've only just moved, moved past you, past the vines. When you feel something land on your back, Horror engulfs you as a long, long green, green and white. Fish sized spider scurries, scurries around to the front the front of your body. Before it is before you have time to react, six more of the arachnids drop 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 down from an overhanging tree, tree limb and again scurry scurry around to, to your front. You instantly recognise the hideous spiders to be green toes and extremely poisonous and Species. Alright, I've got some options woodsmanship, elementalism, telekinesis, or just swap them off. Alright, random.org, or all, all, from all four options, generate four. I'm going to try to swap them off cautiously. Begin the arduous. But perilous task of swatting the deadly green toned spiders away from you. Alright. Right, right. Picking a number. Bonus. Picking a number. Bonus of 113. 20 for agility. 74 from woodsmanship, 19 from luck. Pick now! 203. You breathe a sigh of release as the last of the spiders land in the water to the left of the boat. Beep! Despite finding it hard to believe that she didn't suffer a, suffer a single bite, he you once, once again prepare. Prepare to resume your exploration of this fetid bog. You're about to turn the boat and head to the eastern side of the bog when suddenly the water around your small craft explodes. Something large strikes the underside of the rowboat, nearly capsizing it. You fight to maintain control of the vessel as it, as it is walked, rapid, walked violently. Now, waving waters of long-term Bog. A white horned head, head of a massive serpent, perched atop, atop an impossibly wide neck, swiftly rises out of the churning water of the bog. The green scaled creature unhinges its powerful jaws and admits a terrifying war before. Before wheeling back as if preparing to strike, he immediately recognised the fearsome serpent to be a twosk. Though it's nearly twice the size of any twosk you've ever seen or heard of, well, other than of course that sea, a sea twosk. And you can see at sea a deadly, the ancient. The ancient swamp predator is preparing to make make, make you its first meal of the day. You realise that fighting the beast while aboard the boat will prove to be a challenge. Unless you can find some way to stabilise the small craft on the rough water. So I can use seamanship or just engage the massive tross. Seamanship it is. It's got to be 20 plus and I have that. You unsuccessfully attempted to use your seamanship skill. Oh, well. not now. Well, well. Bad luck on my part. Despite your best efforts, you were unable to steady the small boat. You realise engaging the beast aboard, the swaying craft will not be easy. With the boat walking and swaying, swaying on the churning walls of the bog, you prepare to fight the ancient serpent to the finish. The Trosk again wars as its wide, fang filled jaws jaw streak down at you. It's an ancient Trosk. Begin combat. The ancient Trosk wars as it snaps its powerful jaws at you. The savage bite of your enemy tears into your flesh. Seven damage. Bites again, it's a savage bite, tears into your flesh again for 11 damage. Okay, just fighting it, fighting it. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And it's his slain, 72 XP. The head of the slain Trosk slips slips silently into the murky depths of the bog. The ancient terror, who now Become a meal for the creatures it is so long preyed upon. You wipe the sweat from your some somewhere <laughs> and lean back onto the, into the boat, which remarkably remains afloat during the battle, to, to catch your breath. Right, you're about to turn the boat south and head back to the back in the direction of the town when you suddenly recall. Tosks normally dwell in large dens, and will often contain remains and belongings of the victim. Well, might as well look for that. Attempt to locate the tosk's lair. You land. You land on the boat on the far. You land the boat on the far shore of the bog and begin an exhaustive search of the banks and nearby woods for any sign of the beast's lair. Picking a number a bonus of one hundred and sixty seven what one hundred and forty eight of it from woodmanship nineteen from luck pick now hundred and twenty two only a few yards from the western edge of the bog you discover the board board partially concealed mouth of the cave, exercising a great deal of caution. You slowly enter enter and descend into what is undoubtedly the lair of the slain beast. The, the cave proves to be the lair of the slain trosk. Piles of bones, both human and animal, lie strewn across the floor of the beast's den. The stench of death and decay is almost overbearing. You search through the debris and discover a large quantity of gold, in bags, bags and pouches amidst the remains of some of the serpent's long dead victims. One thousand and seventy-five gold tokens, very nice. One of the pouch contains two adventure tokens, extremely nice. I, obviously, I picked that. I picked those adventure tokens up. Certainly, you haven't overlooked anything. And eager to put the locked bolt behind you. you, make your way out of the cave and head back back to town. Uli pornwe is overjoyed to learn of the death of the beast that has for so many years terrorized Lock, lock the he asks you to stay on for festivities. That's all to behold. Behold in the wake of the serpent's demise. However, eager to return to Trithic in light of the state of things when you left, you politely decline. Yeah, yes, think some... something. Some sort of... Well, someone is after the silver quest. And I should probably, you know, make sure they don't get them. After accepting behavior, payment on behalf of the Silver Quest, you breathe with Uliya Pornley and the gloomy town of Lopton farewell and board the stage that will bear that will bear you back to the city. Two hundred gold tokens. The news of your victory over the beast the beast of Lot Turnbull is somewhat overshadowed upon your return to the headquarters of Silver Quest when you learn that Windle has also been attacked by the same pair of master assailants that nearly killed Iskridg. Windle apart from several cuts and bruises and Bravo and a work nasty singe from a bolt of lightning. He's in fine spirits. He even tells you he managed to fend off their initial assault, and force them to retreat. Well, of course, this is Windor. He's quite good at this sort of stuff. Let's not, let's not, whatever dark affair, fair finds itself at our door, diminish your great feast at Lot huh? beast of Lopturn, Well done, Sir Crokington says Windle, meeting you in a shel- silver cross, in a solder cross, and thrusting, thrusting a steaming mug of paleo into your hand. There. 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 Can, however, be little doubt that we have raised the eye of a dangerous and unrelenting foe here at home. We knew their motive. Perfwin schemes and slams his fist into the top of the mantel. Take to the streets and invite them to come at us! He growls. Even without Iskadar, those two, those two cowards behind the masks, would find themselves outmatched beyond war reason against the three of us. This is the sid and whitest decision waits to fragile attack on their terms now my friends to Windle, turning to face Pritham and then back to you it is this time it is this time we must now my friends it is the time we must stay our hands let this the enemy reveal himself it is this not... it note it's most doubtful that the two mast sailors have any real grudge against us but I'd wager that whoever they find themselves in league with does and that is the end of this scenario and this entire part and thus gets us 128 experience to general and that brings us on to part 2 a confederation of shadows and this is a very long path indeed with twenty two segments to it and it's going to take quite a while to do. Something sinister lurks through the shadows of Trithic. Let's call distant eyes distant eyes rest their piercing gaze upon the silver quest the first part is an evening in late summer but well that will have to wait for a while as as for now we shall stop and until and then in the next part we shall take we shall take arms against this confederation of shadow, but until then farewell, fellow
0: adventurers